Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. Hey, we're going to um, talk about a little thing called, um, what did I call it? I don't even know if I've got a screen for it. No, I haven't. Conquering Jericho. So I want to talk about Jericho, the city of Jericho today, and uh, when Joshua came to the city of Jericho and had a conversation with the angel of the Lord's army, and God gave him a plan, God gave him a strategy on how to overcome Jericho. So let's just kick it off with, let's, can we just throw this picture up? Because I want to give you a bit of an idea of what Jericho looks like before we get into the word. And uh, so this is the city of Jericho. It's, it's, it's one of the images they've compiled of what the city of Jericho looks like. Um, it was a fortified city, and, uh, and it was actually one of the most fortified cities that was ever built in their time. It was, uh, it's one of the oldest cities that, was, that has ever been around. It, it, it's, it's extremely an older city. Um, and you can see that, you know, it looks quite solid, right? They've got trenches here in, in the front, so you couldn't, like, get to it easily. It's been ramped up and built up, and there's an inner wall, an outer wall, and, and there's a whole lot of, uh, you know, wisdom and strength that's in those, in, being put into that city. And, uh, you know, um, archaeologists have actually done a dig and, and they've, they've dug up this city um, because they wanted to see whether this city actually was what the Bible said it was. Um, so they, they did some excavations, they, the Germans and the English did some excavations and they dug up and they actually discovered that the city was a real city. And, and, and they actually, what they found is they found the, uh, the part of the city where there's a window in the wall where the spies were let down uh, when, when they were escaping the city, right? Rahab let the spies down out of the, out of the window, right? So they found this space and they said like, like, so they were just looking for evidence and evidence and evidence. And then they came to the point of like, because the Bible says that, that, that the walls fell, right? And so, uh, so they, they kept excavating and they found these place, places around the city where the, the walls had caved in. And the, and the bricks had fallen down and, and so they were digging it up and they could see. So they started to realise that the account in the Bible on this, and we're going to read the scripture in a minute, but the account in the Bible is actually real. That uh, every, everything they're finding, all the evidence they're finding is pointing to the fact that it is real. When they excavated further into the city, what they found was jars of, uh, of burnt grain. Right? Because this is one of the cities that God said, you are not to touch anything in this city, but you're to sacrifice it to me. There was this city, AI was another city that was meant to happen in. And they, they said as they excavated, they found these, these, these jars full of burnt, the grain was burnt. And, and, and they said that, that kind of points to the evidence that, that this city was, was sacrificed to God because the reality was why would they have jars of grain that have been like that? And, and why, would they, why would there be evidence of fire throughout the city? If, 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 because generally what happens is when an army invades, they plunder. But they, the Israelites were told not to plunder the city, they, to sacrifice it to God. Everything had to be sacrificed to God. And so they found all this evidence of like, of the Bible's account that was real. Why am I telling you this? The reason I'm telling you this is because I want you to know that every one of us has a Jericho in our world. Every one of us is facing something, big or small, sickness, 
financial difficulty, problems in our marriage, problems with our kids. It could be a number of things. But every single one of us is facing something that we, we need to overcome. We need breakthrough in. Some of us are so desperate right now and we don't know what to do because we've tried everything to try and get a breakthrough and nothing is working. But here we are confronted with this Jericho. But I want to tell you today, your Jericho is real. It may not be real to me, but it's definitely real to you. It may not be my experience, but it's definitely your experience. And I come here today to tell you that God wants you to break through. God wants you to overcome. He wants you to conquer Jericho. And, and, and I'm going to share with you today a strategy that God gave Joshua to see the spirit of an overcomer happen in his world. And I can tell you today that, that God wants you to break through. He wants you to overcome. So let me read some scripture. It's always good to read scripture in church because we're not reading from the Reader's Digest or the Woman's Day. I know some of us read the Woman's Day in here, Dan. (laughs) Just kidding. So come to me. uh, Let's go to Joshua 5, verse 13. Man, I I think I need to get a Bible with bigger words in it. My eyes are getting worse and worse. It says this, it says, Now Joshua was near Jericho, and he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the Lord's army, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. So Joshua did so. See, even that statement is, is significant. Take off your sandals. What do sandals represent? They represent where you've been. And God is saying to him, Take off your sandals, because where you've been is not going to have any bearing on where you're going. What, you've, what you're currently going through is going to shift and change. I'm going to bring you into something new. So God is saying to us, it's time to take off your sandals. It's time to let go of the past. It's time to let go of what has happened so that you can embrace what God will do in your future. And I can tell you now, God has great things planned for you. Great things. If you will believe. Where am I up to? Take off your sandals. 6 verse 1. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days, and on the seventh day, the, uh, have the priests, sorry, have the seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horn in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. And when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpet, have the whole army give a large shout or a loud shout, then the wall of the city will collapse. And the army will go up, everyone, straight in. <laughs> there's, so many, there's, there's scriptures in the Bible I keep, like, that keep coming back to me. This is one of those scriptures. 
You know, uh, Romans 1 comes back to me all the time. Jeremiah 1.5 is a, a real life scripture for me. But this scripture, I, I, I come back to, I find myself preaching on it time and time again over the years because it's just such a significant moment in the life of the Israelites. And, 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 and the strategy that God gives Joshua here to overcome Jericho is, is astounding. It's astounding because it goes against everything we think we should do to see a breakthrough. And so what we see here is the first thing we see is that, is, is that Joshua is confronted with Jericho. It's the first thing we see, that there's this great city in the way. They've been brought into the promised land, but here we are, we've got this thing in front of us that is a blockage. Now, he couldn't go over it. He couldn't go under it. He couldn't go around it because God had planned for him to go through it. And the same is for our life, right? We want to try and find ways to get around a problem. We want to go over a problem or under a problem, but God is saying you can't do any of those things because the problem in front of you needs to be gone through. And we go, well, how does that work? Well, God never promises us that we won't have challenges. He never says that we won't have difficulties in this life. Actually, the opposite is said, that we will confront, be confronted with challenges. We will have difficulties. Just because we're Christian doesn't mean our life becomes, you know, an amazing, easy walk in the park. No, we are human and we have human problems. And God helps us in those things. And we see that Joshua is confronted with a Jericho that he, couldn't, he had to go through. And, and you will have to go through what you're going through. And I know sometimes it doesn't feel fair. Sometimes it doesn't feel right. But I can trust, you can trust this, that God has a plan to get you through it. He said to David, you know, David said, although I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. What did he say? I will walk through the valley. When he had Ezekiel go through the valley of the dry bones, Ezekiel walked through the valley of the dry bones. God led him, the Spirit led him through the difficulties and, and everything that he was seeing around him because, because there's something in the problem that's profound for your future. You're going to learn more in the valley than you ever will on the mountaintop. In that difficulty, God is building something in you. There's resilience coming. There's strength in you. But it all starts with one thing, how you perceive what you're going through. So God said, the angel of the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given you the city. Past tense. Joshua came to the city and God had already said, see, I have given it to you. But he didn't physically have it yet. He was standing before it seeing this, this city that is fortified, this city that it looked impenetrable. This, it looked impossible for the Israelites to be able to do this. This was a nomadic tribe. They didn't have a city of their own. They didn't have the resources of a city. They were them and they were traveling with all that they had in and around. And, and they just come out of 40 years of like just complete and utter despair, living in the desert. And God says to him, see, I have given you this city. See. Faith sees. What am I talking about? What do you mean faith sees, Dave? What do you mean? I, I can see. I'm not talking about natural sight. When we look with our natural sight, we see our problems. We see our difficulties, right? We see what is currently happening in our life. We see what we're currently battling. But faith is different because what faith is, is when it's, it's what you see when you close your eyes. 
It's when you close your eyes. Why? Because the Bible says we see by faith, not by sight which means there's something greater that we see by than our physical, natural situation that actually we can close our eyes and we can see a vision for our life. What if you sat and you thought, what, what in, from, if you sat down today and said, what would the best me look like 10 years from now? What do you see? What do you see for that Jericho you're confronted with? Do you see it as a, an obstacle or do you see it as an opportunity? Because that's the reality we have. What we're facing is either an obstacle to us or it's an opportunity. And Joshua chose to see Jericho as an opportunity to see God move in his life. And I can tell you now, there was a young man in the Bible that was blind and his parents came to Jesus and said, or the disciples came to Jesus, sorry, and said, well, who sinned, Lord, that this son, their son would be blind? And Jesus said, neither of them sin. This is for the glory of God to be displayed in his life. And sometimes we spend so much trying, trying to figure out why is it the way it is that we're so fixated on the problem. And when we're driving in the car, we're fixated on the revision mirror that we're not seeing where we're going. And God says, I have great plans for you, says the Lord. They're plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Those words are not lies. They're promises. Joshua received a promise from the angel of the Lord that I have given you the city. Do you realize that when Joshua came to the city and he, he was confronted by this city, he came with victory in mind. He'd already come understanding that it was going to be given to, it, it had been given to him. That he wasn't coming from a place of defeat. He wasn't coming from a place of brokenness. He wasn't coming from a place of harm or, or, or pain. He was coming from a place of victory. The city's already mine. How's it going to happen? I don't know. I don't know how it's going to happen. God said, just walk around. It, it didn't make any sense. They didn't even have the sword out to tap on the bricks of the building or anything. It was just walk around. He said, see, I have given you the city. What does your faith see about your current situation? Can you see the possibility, the opportunity in the pain? Can you see that this is a moment for God to move? And if we would just lift our eyes off our problem for just a moment and look to the heavens... I will lift up my eyes and look to the heavens for that is where my help comes from. If I can do anything today for you, it would be to get your eyes looking up. Looking up. Get your eyes off the problem. Can I tell you, you're going to be okay. It's going to come together. You're going to get through this. You're going to break through. Why? Because God is already done it on your behalf. When Jesus died on the cross, Jesus said these words. He says, it is finished. That means he completed everything that he came to do on our behalf. Everything. See, I have given you this city. Faith sees. The second thing I see here is God, uh, the, Lord, the angel says to him, march around the city 
once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have the seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times. What's he doing here? He's giving Joshua a plan. Can I tell you, stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. What is the plan that God has given you? What is it that God has spoken to you about? Joshua didn't try to, to uh, skip a step. He didn't try to make it shorter. He didn't try to avoid a situation. He didn't try to... It, it, there's a plan that, that God has for you in your situation. For some of us, it's going to include marriage counselling. Oh, that was quiet. <laughs> right? What's that mean? It means I'm going to have to humble myself. And realize there's a problem in my marriage that's not going to change unless I go and do what God's telling me to do. You go, well, God hasn't told me to do that. Well, he is now. <laughs> Why? Because your marriage means so much to God, actually means more to God than it means to you. And so he's going to challenge you. And that means humility must come so that we're willing to step out and do something we're uncomfortable with. To do something maybe we don't understand. Because Joshua was asked to do something that made no sense. Why would I confront a city that's fortified with fighting men inside that has the ability to wipe me out and I'm just going to walk around it? I often wonder, well, God, God why, did you, why did you tell them to walk around it that way? Like, what, what was that all about? And I don't really know. I don't really have the answer, but I have a suspicion that maybe it was so that they would become familiar with the territory that God was about to give them. Could you imagine walking around a city once a day for six days and on the seventh day, walking around seven times? I'm like, you're going to notice every crack, everything, every single divot in the ground. You, you, but, but the other thing that's going to be happening is the enemy's going to be taunting. They're going to be shouting at you. The enemy's going to be defying you and, 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 and throwing, maybe throwing things at you. Whoever, you realise that with Jericho comes opposition. And, and that opposition can often look like, uh, uh, you know, negative uh, intrusive thoughts or, or, or things that are attacking you or, or attacking your identity or attacking who you are. And all those self-doubt thoughts come when you start to move in the direction God's sending you because sometimes it makes no sense how walking around a city could actually win a city. Sometimes it makes no sense how going to marriage counselling after what has happened is actually going to change anything. That going to another doctor is actually going to do anything. And I've already had three doctors tell me it's impossible to see change. But yet, you know, we, we, we go, how does it make sense? And it doesn't. But somehow in God, it does. Every step mattered. Every step mattered in the process. The angel said, you need to do this, and then do this, and then do this, and then here's the next step, and there's the next step. And every single step mattered. That's why Joshua didn't miss a step. He did exactly as he was instructed. In the next city they went to, somebody chose to miss a step. They were meant to sacrifice everything. Somebody took something for themselves and it caused huge problems. But in this city, Joshua did everything he was told to do and ultimately he had the victory. What is the plan? Can I say one thing? Prayer will be in your plan. 
the word will be in your plan. If there are other things, maybe, but I can tell you now that prayer is how we speak to God. His word is how we hear from him. You're going to need those two things because how can you claim a promise you don't know? Joshua was claiming a promise that he had just been told. So he, he was like, this city's mine. This city, I know that it looks impossible. But here I am with this great promise. So I'm just going to walk around this city and do what God told me to do. What a miracle it would have looked like on the seventh time when the trumpets sound and the walls crumbled without touching a wall. How crazy is that? And then to see, think that they're excavating the city and they find evidence that it happened. The walls fell. And they went in and took the city. Stick to the plan. I'm either walking towards God's promise or I'm walking away. There is no middle ground. There is no middle ground. There's no stagnant ground. I'm in or I'm out. I'm following him or I'm not. I'm believing him or I'm in doubt. But then doubt is just another opportunity to believe. Like, oh, doubt. Oh, no, I'm not in faith. Doubt is an indication that you just need to switch your faith on. That's all it is. Some people say, oh, God, I, I need more faith. Give me more faith. But it's the wrong prayer to pray. Because God's already given you the faith. And, and you, we know we've got it. Because the Bible tells us that we've got a portion of faith. And it's that faith that actually got us saved in the first place. Because we have to believe that God exists so that he can save us. Right? So we've got a portion of faith inside of us. Most people that, that struggle in that area, it's not because they don't have the faith, it's that their faith is deactivated. It's laying dormant on the inside. And it can be because the battle made you weary and, and, and you've tried and tried and tried and disappointment has apprehended your heart. It can be because you've been robbed, because the people around you have said all the negative things that have stolen that belief from you. But I can tell you now, you don't need God to give you more faith. You just need to activate the faith that's on the inside of you. And it's just a matter of like a light switch. I'm struggling and I don't believe. Click, I believe. It's that simple. You just start to change how you see it. And you start to see it as an opportunity for God to move instead of an obstacle for your life to fall apart. And as you do that, you will see change come because faith moves. Faith sees, faith moves. Faith sees, stick to the plan. The plan will require you to do something. Oh, but I'm just waiting on God, waiting for God to do it. Waiting on God is not a passive position. It's a proactive position. Faith does what it needs to to see the breakthrough come to pass. Faith moves. It sees beyond the problem and it moves towards the answer. God has a vision for your life. He has a vision for that situation. The third thing we see here, after they march around the city, they blow the trumpets, says, when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have all the army give a loud shout 
A loud shout. Keep declaring. Keep declaring the promise even when it doesn't look right. Even when your life is not aligning, keep declaring that my God is able to do immeasurably more than I can think or even ask or imagine that with God all things are possible, that there's nothing impossible for him who believes, that if I have faith as small as a mustard seed, I can say to this mountain, be moved from here to there and it will be done for you. Keep declaring. What do I declare? The promises of God. Well, what are they? Read your Bible. Right? You're Christian. Christians live by the Word of God. That Word has life. Life is in the Word of God. When that life gets in you, there's life in your world to change, to transform, to set free, to deliver. Why? Because there's power in the Word of God. The Word of God has creative power. When God created the heavens and the earth, He said, let there be light, and there was light. If God showed up here today and He said, that chair is black, it would instantly turn black. Why? Because God cannot lie. If he says it, it must conform to it. So if you take the word of God and you proclaim it over your problem, that problem has to conform to the authority of the word of God. Because God cannot lie. He cannot lie. Does that mean it's going to happen in an instant? Not always. Well, how long do I have to do it for? Well, how long is a piece of string? Nowhere in the Bible does it tell us to give up on the promises of God. It tells us to just keep believing. When Winston Churchill was faced with the Nazi army who had taken all of Europe and was then on the border of the water between Europe and England, they were looking to try and invade. Winston Churchill's greatest proclamation, his greatest like position... He said, I will never, never, never give up. When everything looked bleak, when everything looked like it was impossible that the, the Nazi army were going to come across and take over all of Europe, all of England, he didn't give up. And what happened? Eventually, the, war, the tide of the war turned and they were defeated and the Allies were victorious because there is something about the conviction on the inside to not give up on the promises of God. There's something about hanging on tooth and nail sometimes where sometimes you feel like, oh, I just don't know if I can continue to believe. But yes, you can. Why? Because that, the person next to you can help you believe. The person over there, that friend, is going to help you believe. That's the power of connect groups, right? That there are people around you that when you feel like you're in a hole, they can say, hey, let me get you out of that hole and let me help you. That's why you should be in a connect group. It's not just because the church says to do it. It says because it puts you in a place of fellowship that brings power in your life. When you're lacking, their faith can come. So keep declaring. Keep declaring. As we align our faith with our vision, our direction, and our confession, God's plan will come to pass. That breakthrough will come. In Luke 5.19. See, faith finds a way. Faith finds a way. Faith will always find a way to Jesus. Always. Always. 
in Luke 5, 19. Let's just go there. I'll start a little bit back. It says, one day Jesus was teaching and the Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village in Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Why do we come to Jesus? Because he carries the power of transformation. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. And when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd in front of Jesus. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. And he was healed. I love it because these guys could not find a way. They, they brought this guy and they thought, well, just go through the door. When they got there, there were so many people, so many people, they couldn't get through. What are we going to do? Oh, let's just give up. We'll just go back. Don't worry, he'll be all right. He's been crippled and like this for so long. It's, his life's not going to be any worse than what it currently is. We just, we tried, you know, we tried. We tried, right? No, 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 no. Faith found a way. They climb up on the roof. They pull back the tiles. They lower this man right to the feet of Jesus. And according to their faith, he receives his healing. Why are connect groups so important? Because, because as a group, when one's lacking, the other can bring the faith, right? The other can bring the power. The other can bring you to Jesus because faith will find a way. Faith will find a way. Faith sees, faith moves, right? Faith speaks, it declares, but faith also finds a way. Faith finds a way. Well, you know what? The doctor said that, that, that it's impossible. I, I can't, there's nothing else they can do with, for me. I'm, I, this is it for my life. No, 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 no. Faith can find a way. But my marriage, it's on its last legs and I don't even know if we even love each other anymore. No, no, faith can find a way. My kids, they don't want to come to church anymore. They're off doing all the wrong things. I pray for them. I, I want them to come back. I keep telling them about God and it just makes things worse. I don't know what to do. Faith can find a way. Faith keeps driving you to your knees, praying for those children. Faith keeps bringing you back to that place of pleading with God. Come on, God, move in their life. Can I tell you, the prayers of parents and grandparents are so powerful. I came to the Lord because of the prayer of my mum, my grandmother and my auntie over years and years and years. My mum says I was the last of all my brothers she would have ever thought would have walked into the church. Isn't that a crazy? And actually the last of my brothers walked into our church a few months ago. He hasn't come to the Lord yet, but he's coming occasionally with his son and his wife, and they so need Jesus. And we're just thanking God that there is a move of God in their life. But it all started with the prayers of others. Because faith can find a way. Faith can find a way. Faith can resolve your problem. 
Faith can bring breakthrough. Faith can bring healing. Why? Because faith always, always leads you to Jesus. Yeah, can other musicians come? Faith will find a way. What are you currently facing? What do you see? How do you see it? How are you perceiving your problem? Is it an obstacle or are you seeing it as an opportunity? Faith sees. You've got to change your perception. When you change your perception, it'll change your confession. All of a sudden, you'll stop talking badly about your spouse. You'll start to identify the things that you can talk positively about. That financial situation where you think, I'm done. I'm going to lose the house. We're going to be out on the street. Faith can find a way. For what you're facing and what you're going through is but an opportunity for God to move in. hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.